0: Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by Source-Elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Gailey.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 62 of the VoMeter,
2: Measuring your voice over progress.
1: Well, we just wrapped up with the mini-Mavo conference, but guess what? We got a whole episode about that, so we're not going to talk about it this time. We're going to talk about some other stuff. So we've got a great guest today, it's Ariana Ratner. So she's giving us a bit of a unique perspective from being a child actress and someone who's just been involved with the acting industry for a very long time. So I'm really excited to hear about that. But before that, we've got our...
3: VoiceOver Extra brings you the V-O-Meter Reference Levels. Uh, seriously guys, that's the best you could come up with? Hey, it's your show.
2: So, Sean, what's happening in your VO world since last we met?
1: Uh, let's see. Auditioning, auditioning, auditioning. Wrapped up that one cartoon that I told you about. And so I actually heard from one client, um, a little production studio, about potentially doing some uh, narration work for them this week. So I'm excited about that. Other than that, just been doing a lot of classes for GBAA and rekindle school. And it's really interesting because Ariana talks about coaching and how that kind of honed your own voiceover skills, and I'm definitely noticing that because it's like if you can articulate what you're doing, it shows a better understanding of it than just doing it, right? So that's where I'm at right now. What about you?
2: I have a couple of things going on. First, I want to say it's slow. So if you're out there struggling trying to find work in this current climate, you're not alone. It is it is kind of tough. I definitely notice auditions dropping from the Asians. Uh, some of the freelance sites I use are pretty slow as well. But having said that, I have had a couple of jobs. I did a walk, a video walkthrough of a new facility for a company in Philadelphia, ironically, where my aunt lives. So hmm. I got this this uh, job from Upwork, which is an international freelance site. And when I heard back from the, the production manager, he said, oh, it's in this town called Southampton, Pennsylvania. And I said, I know exactly where that is. My aunt lives there. So Small World comes around again. And then I'm currently working on a intro video for a girls soccer team high school soccer team in Louisiana so that's pretty cool it's in the the just like a live announce for for the sporty events at the arena so it's big voice announcer please welcome your blah 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 girls soccer team and then introducing each player so that's kind of fun I used to do that a lot live when I was a public address announcer for Towson University haven't really done it in BO except maybe once or twice but it's a lot of fun to do and then I have a bunch of audiobook projects where I'm recording authors with Twin Flame Studios. I have 3 of those going right now. One that we just submitted to ACX for approval. Two more that are in the pipeline that I'm setting in various modes of setup, walking through how to set up a space and buying microphones and making sure it sounds good before we start the sessions. And then one other success story in the last week. I um uh, because it was so slow, I was doing some outbound marketing and well, really I was about to do some some outbound marketing. So I decided to email Uh, a friend and basically put out this template that said, I've been doing a lot of recording of remote authors in the current climate. It's a great resource for people who want to do their own book, but can't get to a studio, blah, blah, blah. Do you know anybody who might benefit from such a service? So I sent out one email to one friend, uh, actually used to be my next door neighbor. And within like five minutes, he sent me a referral, contacted him. Turns out he's a Pulitzer winning journalist who just wrote a book and wants to do the audio book. So... My marketing plan ended up being just one <laughs> one single email that landed That's a client, awesome. which almost never happens if you've done any sort of marketing. The 100% shooting percentage is just completely ridiculous.
1: <laughs> well, well done. What an awesome story.
2: Thank you. Yeah, the only caveat is, and because this, this author is, is a Pulitzer-winning writer and I've seen him speak on various videos, I kind of wanted him to do it, but um, he was feeling kind of shy and didn't really want to the book himself thought it would be better to hire a professional voiceover actor and for some reason he picked me <laughs> uh, but all kidding aside it's gonna be a great book it's actually political again so you know follow up my last book that i just completed about trump tribalism this book is about immigration and how that has become the driving force in politics over the last 20 or 30 years
1: fascinating uh, carving out a new niche are we
2: maybe at least while while the political iron is still hot but i guess that's not going away anytime soon
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely not. At least not for the next four years.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) uh, Well, that's awesome, man. Well deserved.
2: Thank you. So that's what's going on in our Biometer reference levels. We'll get to our interview with Ariana in just a few minutes. But first, we have the triumphant return of...
3: Questionable Gear Purchase.
1: So this time... Pretty hilarious. So, Paul and I actually both got styli, styluses. Sty- what the heck is the plural? I think Anyways, it's styli. Style, yeah. If it's like, well, I mean, you got octopus and octopus. Anyways, styluses, styli. We both got things that are like pencils for tablets. But <laughs> I thought this was uh, a hilarious PC Mac moment. As, like why don't you tell them what you got, Paul? Well, first, I, I bought an iMac.
2: I mean, no, sorry, not an iMac. I bought an iPad because I used to read and take notes on a Windows computer, and it started to get really buggy, and it just wasn't working right. Battery life was terrible, so I got rid of that and got an iPad 7th generation. Not the newest, but one that supports the new iPad OS, the, the latest version, and the pencil support. So I got that, and then I needed a way to, to mark up scripts and, most importantly, audiobooks. So I picked up the Logitech Crayon, which is, like you said, an Apple, style, Apple Pencil alternative, that literally looks like one of those big fat crayons you used in kindergarten. and But then it has a, a, a regular point on the end. So it's this big fat sort of oblong shaft. Whoa, that just went in a weird place. <laughs>
1: that went in a whole different direction.
2: <laughs> and then a regular pencil point. That's but not I like what it a the lot. meter is for. <laughs> yeah. I like it a lot, though, because I was when you and I were messaging back and forth about, about figuring out that we both did this at the same time, I've had some, I don't know if it's carpal tunnel or I have some arthritis, so I think it's that. I can't really, my my fine grip skills are not what they used to be. So mm-hmm. I can't really hold on to a pencil anymore that well, at least the, not the thin Apple pencil. So this big fat crayon is perfect for me. And I also like that it can charge, it has a female lightning port. So I can just take the iPad out, plug the the pencil, the crayon in when I need to charge it, as opposed to that crazy like you described, the unicorn version of the original Apple Pencil, where you plugged it into the iPad to charge, and it was constantly possibly breaking off. So yeah, I like I like the Logitech a lot.
1: Yeah, it was, it was an odd design choice for Apple, but uh, with the old lightning connector that just plugged into the bottom, and numerous people probably snapped it off and mm-hmm. it turned your tablet into a unicorn. But anyways, so I got the updated version of that, and as we mentioned a few episodes ago, I got a new iPad, the new iPad Air, And honestly, this thing is great for people who want something a little bit more for productivity, professional tasks than, say, the generic iPad, but don't want to spend the extra several hundred dollars on a Pro. iPad Air has been awesome so far. But anyways, it's compatible with their current version of the Apple Pencil, which just kind of attaches magnetically to the side. And it's awesome because it feels very similar to the style of pens I already use. So I was looking at the Logitech Crayon because I... Like I'm a big fan of tech reviews, and I watched a lot of iPad-related ones as I was trying to make my own choice, but a lot of the reviewers actually heavily recommended that as an alternative if you don't want to spend more than $100 on a stylize <laughs> but anyways.
2: Yeah, I also <laughs> like the orange color. The, the crayon has a shirt clip, I guess that's what it is, a shirt clip, and then the charging cap are both bright orange, which being mm-hmm. both a Baltimore Orioles and Philadelphia Flyers fan... Immediately appealed to me, so kudos <laughs> to Logitech on the style choice too.
1: It even matches your branding a little bit with the orange. It but, does, but that's awesome. Yeah. So, and I admit, I was I was an Apple fanboy. I I totally bought into that atmosphere. I got this the dang Magic Keyboard that's awesome, but way too expensive for what it is, and the Apple Pencil and everything. But I'm really happy with it, and it feels just like a little mini laptop, which is what I wanted the most. So. Yeah, and I'm Apple, not you, actually.
2: I'm I'm bordering on anti-Apple, at least over the past couple of years. I have an Android phone. I have for pretty much ever since it came out. I've had, I've bought and sold some iPhones too because like microphones, I can't keep anything for more than a couple of months. <laughs> but I've actually had my Android phone now for almost two years without swapping it out. It's a Galaxy, Galaxy Note 9 that I do still like. But my point is, there's really no substitute for the iPad. There just isn't. I tried so many other versions of Windows and, and Amazon tablets and it's just the best for the things we use it for as voice actors, like marking scripts, and especially the new iPad OS. You can you can mark up a PDF. I know people love iAnnotate, but the new iO the new iPad OS, you can actually mark up a PDF right inside the operating system and not have to download any other programs. And that's just killer for prepping audiobooks.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's a, like that's another reason to get something like an iPad versus the Air or the Pro is that. Like, I can already tell I'm not using this amazingly powerful device to its full potential. So that being said, like, it's, it's definitely easier to kind of, like, to budget better. And, like, there are great cheaper alternatives from, say, Logitech. They've got a similar keyboard case that actually has more functionality than the Magic Keyboard. And then, again, it's just, like, Are you okay with that? The aesthetic differences. Are you? Is the budget an issue for you? So there are options if you want some kind of computer alternative. And I was trying to make Paul feel better too because I was like, "Don't worry, the iPad's like brand agnostic, right?" I know a lot of PC people who still have an iPad.
2: Yeah, it it makes sense, and I just like the way it's integrated. I was I was really down on the operating system when it first came out, but what is it now? Fourteen point two. Uh, the pad OS, it's really,
1: really solid. Awesome. So luckily, that's all for questionable gear purchases. We don't want to take up too much more of your time, so we're going to jump to our interview with Ariana Ratner right after these messages.
3: Walgreens because it's flu season you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and you know people
0: we tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites
1: they don't always tell you everything
3: the stars take it to the red carpet
1: we are back live from the red carpet california leads the way for change in america and so does kamala harris
3: rated m for mature
1: claire redfield
0: and who exactly are
1: you so yeah what hashtag should i use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat
3: and prior to 1933 many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in germany
1: this is the story of how q got curly quinn was crazy about curls curly fries curly straws curly haired dogs
3: Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on. Not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking. Not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking. Not unlike myself. And you think to yourself, geez. I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself.
0: Well, not this one exactly.
3: Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more all without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com.
1: Because you like to have fun. Hi, everybody. Our guest today was born and raised in a voiceover family. After graduating with a BFA in theater from NYU Tisch, she dove headfirst in a voiceover. Recently, she has voiced many characters in the Elder Scrolls Online game, can be heard in the world of Warcraft Legion and Battle for Azeroth, Blizzard's Hearthstone, EA's Command & Conquer Rivals, The Sims 4, State of Decay 2, Final Fantasy, and several other upcoming titles. She's also the affiliate voice of KSBW-TV, voices promos for Food Network Kitchen, and Jet Cinemax. She currently teaches interactive voiceover classes and does private coaching. Please put your hands and voices together in welcoming the lovely and talented Ariana Ratner. How are you doing, Ariana?
0: I'm good. How are you guys?
1: I'm a little winded after that. (laughs) That That was a lot. (laughs) Thanks for being here with us.
0: Yeah, of course.
2: So as Sean just so eloquently said, you started in voiceover at a young age. How and when exactly did you get started?
0: Um, well, so I grew up, you know, hearing my dad, his studio was underneath my bedroom floor. So I would hear like every day. So, and then when I was really little, I started doing on camera probably around four or so. I started doing commercials and some TV and movies and stuff. Um, And that was totally because I wanted to, I, I had like big, long red hair and everyone would stop me on the street and be like, oh, you should do commercials. So I just started asking my mom to do it. And I and then I got an agent and started working. And in terms of voiceover, um, I would go with my dad. He was with SBV when I was little. So I would go with him to his agent. And there was this big room of people's demo tapes, like literally cassette tapes. And a bunch, you know, everyone had like, 40 cassette tapes of their, you know, because you could just walk in and take them. So I would take them and I would listen to uh, Mary-Kate Bergman and Nancy Cartwright's demo tapes in the car and just imitate them. So it kind of like just, it was in my blood and I loved it. And then I went to um, a high school for theater and arts, a performing arts high school in LA uh, and then went to NYU for theater and wanted to do on camera and then came back and uh, just kind of, Decided after a couple of years that I was going to focus on VO, which I just love. I, I like the world better than on <laughs> camera
1: <laughs> Very cool. So uh, as I mentioned in the bio, you've excel in some very sought-after genres like video games and promo What are some of your favorite ones to work in?
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of tried to stay away almost from promo and trailer because that was what my dad did. Affiliate promo and trailer is what he focuses on now. And I was like, no, I'm going to be an animation actor. And I guess I just naturally kind of like gravitate towards promo and trailer, maybe because I grew up with it, um, grew up hearing it, and I just kind of know what it sounds like. And and then mixed with like my acting background, I always, you know, incorporate I think acting is a huge part of every area of VO, no matter if it's, you know, animation or promo. But yeah, so I mean, just I love promo. I just for some reason really gravitate towards it. And then video games, I think video games are really similar to to, I tell my students that it's like the Shakespeare of voiceover. It's very real, very, um, you know, high stakes these scenarios that we are never in in real life, but they're, you know, it's really elevated situations, but really, really real and more filmic and um, more like theater. So I just, for some reason, the, gravitate towards those. That's what I tend to book. I don't know. Yeah.
2: So Ariane, I'm wondering, as someone who has kids as and, a, and as a voice actor, nowhere near the level of your dad, by the way, who, who we should mention for some of our listeners who are new is Bill Ratner, who's a legendary promo voice. And I'm wondering, since I've started my kids down this path, How it affected you starting down the path early and as a recently engaged person, do you think when you have kids, you'll sort of steer them down the road of voice acting as well? Do you think that's a good idea?
0: I think if they gravitate towards it, if they choose to, if they want to do it, then then maybe. my I have a little sister who's 25, not that little, but uh, <laughs> pretty big age difference. But um, when we were little, my dad, she had a voiceover demo too. And she did, you know, like she kind of cared. She didn't really care. And then she kind of just went in a different direction. So I feel like if they have like a proclivity towards it and just really, you know, enjoy doing it, why not? It's fun. And it's not like as... Kind of taxing and you know when you do on camera you're driving across the city every single day we would drive to santa monica in the rain after school and i would miss days of school for for jobs and stuff it's just so much easier to do vo in terms of time management as a kid you mm-hmm. know yeah i hope that helps
1: well that's awesome pay attention to your kids right so um good advice
2: for anybody really <laughs>
1: yeah really (laughs) well talking about the convenience and not having to drive around so much one of the reasons that's possible is because of uh, the proliferation of home studios so let's talk a little bit about yours what do you use
0: I actually just got a, a studio bricks one plus I was working for years out of my closet I've lived in my house for probably five years And I just literally had just a a cutout in my closet, a little shelf with foam. And I had George Widom tune it up. And he literally was like, sounds great and broadcast to me. Just put a pillow behind your mic and you're good. And so I had this kind of rudimentary setup for years and it worked. So then I, you know, my neighbors next door play basketball sometimes. So that would, I would have to pause for that, which was annoying. So, and then I recently found this secondhand one plus booth from someone who was moving and I just set it up, so you're my one of my first things I'm doing. In oh,
1: this, this is pretty a
0: pretty treat! That's yeah. awesome.
1: Well, got the VO meter seal of approval.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then in terms of equipment, I use the Gefell M930 mic, which I love. It's just the tiniest little mic, and I travel with it too, and can work. Um, you know, it's just so small. I can set it up anywhere when I'm when I'm traveling as well.
1: I have and love that, too. Most expensive oh, really? callback mic you can get. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. I mean, it was my 30th birthday present. It was definitely a, definitely pricey, but it's. A, I love it.
1: Great. Mm, it's a fantastic one.
2: So yeah. curious about the, the OnePlus, uh, if, if you're willing to share. I know I saw that post when it was for sale. Uh, somebody mentioned that there might have been some little critters running around in it in its former home. Have you noticed anything in there?
0: Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's a story. Um, I don't know if she's going to hear this, but um, we went and looked at it and couldn't find I, I was trying to figure out what she was talking about. With She was talking about bugs uh. and we were trying to figure it out and we couldn't she couldn't give us a real answer on what it what it kind of bugs. And then when we picked it up still like and she she kind of worried about it a lot and I was, and she was like, are you going to exterminate it? And I was like, yeah, well, you know, she gave me some money off to pay for the exterminator. And then when we were taking it apart, we didn't find, we were like, there's only so many bugs that could infest foam. Hmm. And there was, you know, I was, I was worried about it for a little while. didn't have some sleep for a couple nights, but, um, (laughs) But yeah, and we set it up. We, we actually didn't even end up exterminating it because we were like, there's not, it's there's nothing here. So it is set up, and I've not had an issue in the last week. So I think it's fine.
2: <laughs> it's probably just little one-offs coming in for, to get away from the uh, either the heat or the cold. I had that problem right now. I'm on the East Coast, but in my basement, every time I walk down there now, there's a uh, one of those jumping, we call them spider crickets, but they're really just camelback crickets. And they freak the heck out of me, but they just pop through and then they're gone.
0: Yeah, I think she just wasn't familiar with like the kinds of bugs that would infest like something like this. So I was like, well, if it's bed bugs, like that's bad. If it's termites, yeah. that's bad. But like if it's any, you know, like spiders don't infest flies. I don't know. So she wasn't sure what it is and we couldn't figure it out. And then I think she just kind of freaked herself out. So, <laughs> so I got a great deal. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so speaking of the home studio, how much of your recording is done in the home studio? And... Do you think that has changed since we've been in this current pandemic situation we've been in and will it remain how it is right now?
0: Yeah. I mean, so before, uh, before COVID, I was probably doing 90, 80% of my work from home. I mean, I do, you know, the affiliate station and I do, you know, all my promo was from home cause that, cause, uh, the discovery people are in New York. And, um, so it was great. It was an easy transition for me. And then, Now, you know, my video game stuff was not from home, Um, but now pretty much, um, I mean, I've done probably three or four jobs in studios since the studios have opened back up and SAG has certified them. So I did a dubbing job last week that that I had to go into post-haste for. So, I mean, I think that the direction it's going is going to be more towards everyone just recording at home, which is interesting because it's then going to open up all these jobs potentially to people all over the country. Who knows? I don't know, like these these major AAA video games might be auditioning from anywhere, because they can, or they work from anywhere, so yeah.
1: Well, I know a lot of people are hoping that outcome happens. So speaking of, what would you recommend to someone who wants to start out in voiceover today?
0: I would say definitely training is the most important thing. I basically, after, you know, I had a BFA in theater, and didn't feel like I was even ready with that. So I, I I trained probably for the last, like, in the last 12 years, I've taken classes with, like, everyone I possibly could. Um, I think training is the most important thing. An acting background or some sort of acting class, if you don't, you know, don't have a degree in theater. Just some sort of acting class just to get the feel of how to create these characters and how to create a, a real world and use your imagination is pretty important in BO. So... I would say, yeah, taking classes, getting a good coach who's going to be honest with you and tell you if you're ready for a demo. And then when you're ready, making a commercial demo and um, and sending it out to agencies. But it definitely is, you know, it's I, I don't lie to my students or anyone. It's a such a hard career to break into. It's such a hard career to continue work consistently in. So I would say just like get as much training as they possibly can. And when they're ready, just kind of put themselves out there, I guess.
1: Excellent advice, thanks.
0: Yeah.
2: And speaking of coaching, how did you get into that, and what are some of the what are some of the benefits you've seen maybe applying to your own voiceover career as you started meeting with students and moving them along their their path?
0: So I started. Um, I have a good friend, Craig Lee Thomas, who's a voiceover artist, and I kind of got him into voiceover. We went to college together, and he kind of one day asked me about VO and. And then I told him, like, take classes from this person, this person, this person. And now he's just killing it. He's amazing. So he was teaching classes at Real Voice LA with Mike. um, And they knew each other from working together in restaurants, I think. And then one day Craig and I had coffee and he was like, you should teach. Like, you got me into voiceover. And, And I was like, I would love to teach. That would be amazing. So basically he hooked me up with Mike and I started teaching. I think that was maybe two years ago. Um so I started teaching classes at Real Voice LA and probably off probably started on a rocky had a rocky start to that I don't know I probably wasn't very good but um <laughs> I feel like over time I've just you know I really really love teaching I really love seeing people improve and then I started doing private coaching and I actually started a a TikTok and my my TikTok us- username is Ariana Ratner VO and I did I play the babies in the Sims 4 all the babies so I did a baby cry video and it just it, it blew up and went viral so i got a lot of followers on tiktok and now i get all these people these students from tiktok who reach out to me because i have you know in my bio i have my coaching stuff and they're the sweetest they're amazing they're like 22 and under and like just theater students who are so gung ho about vo and are talented it's amazing it's it's not like riffraff contacting wow. it's a, it's great uh, yeah. and yeah and and then i guess from what I've learned from coaching. I mean, I really, since I've honed my method of teaching, I think anyone, you know, a really great VO artist doesn't necessarily mean they can teach it. You have to like really hone what the method is that you, how you approach it. So since I've honed my methods of, I I coach um, commercial uh, animation, video games, pretty much all of it. I've, I've even coached narration. But since I've, done that, I kind of have honed my approach to it. So when I get auditions, I kind of just immediately use that. So it's it's definitely helped me as well.
1: Well, thank you so much for that, Ariana. So you seem so in touch with where the business is now. Where do you see the future of voiceover in the next five or 10 years?
0: I think a lot of it is going to be virtual. Um, I mean, I definitely think I hope that the union, the you know, SAG-AFTRA can remain strong. It's kind of, you know, it's I've seen a voiceover change drastically since watching my dad and the industry with him when there was, you know, these top people and all the good actors were in New York or L.A. and they were all with SAG-AFTRA. I think it's changing now. There's a lot more union, uh, non-union work that, you know, is available to everyone all over the country. So I feel like it is going to be more... You know, there's going to be more work, but it's going to be spread out. And there are now great actors who live outside of L.A. and New York and who are working consistently. So I don't really know. I mean, I wonder what's going to happen after COVID if, if it is going to go back to normal. People still do like recording in person. I think video games do like recording in person. Same with animation. But mostly I feel like everything's going to be kind of virtual. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, Ariana, we thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Before we go, where can people find you if they want to work with you as a voice actor or as a
1: coach?
0: Yeah. Um, my website is ratner.com. So it's Ariana with two N's. And on there, you can find the link to my coaching or it's Ratner.com slash classes. And yeah, and then you can follow me on Instagram. It's Ariana Ratner. And Facebook is Ariana Ratner. I think it's all my name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awesome. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking with you, Ariana. Thanks for being on the podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. This is fun.
2: Hey, Sean, what's a vocal booth?
1: Uh, it's an acoustically treated space to record voiceovers, sing, or practice music. Okay,
2: so then what's a vocal booth to go? An acoustically treated space to eat a cheeseburger and fries?
1: No, of course not. Vocal Booth to Go's patented acoustic blankets, noise mitigation products, and portable booths are an effective alternative to expensive soundproofing. They're often used by vocal and voiceover professionals, engineers, and studios as an affordable soundproofing and absorption solution.
2: Oh, I have it now. Actually, I've always had it. I've used Vocal Booth to Go's products for years, and I can't recommend them enough. Vocal Booth to Go, we make your environment
3: quieter for less. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to VoiceActorWebsites.com. Like our name implies, VoiceActorWebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the Hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you know what.
2: So, thanks, Ariana Ratner, for joining us. I was really anxious to talk to her because I knew she had been doing this for a long time as a kid, and because I forced my kids into voiceover, (laughs) I was really curious to see her opinion on that. Looks like uh, dad didn't do too much damage to her, and hopefully, I'll I'll have the same result when my kids are her age.
1: Well, I mean, like. You certainly don't fit that dadager persona or anything like that. I think most people who are, like, empathetic to their kids not being interested in this and not pressuring them if it's something they don't want to do versus, like, this is something that's important to them and encouraging them to be consistent with it. It's completely different. So um, as someone who teaches young people as well, I was definitely curious on her perspective of this as well.
2: And she just has so many amazing credits already. Cause...
1: Right, right. For such a young talent. It's yeah. amazing. But again, she's already been doing this for two decades. So
2: Yeah, that's true. It makes me feel better.
1: <laughs> a little bit. Like we don't suck as much by comparison. But
2: Yeah, so when I when I've been doing it as long as she has, and I'm moving around with my cane, maybe I'll have the same level of success. <laughs>
1: indeed, indeed. Like I was like to say, this isn't a career, it's a lifestyle.
2: Well put. So that wraps up this episode of the VO meter.
1: Measuring your voiceover progress. Coming up, we have our mini MavoCon wrap-up. We talked to a lot of attendees and presenters over the last couple of weeks, and we want to bring you that full con experience in a lovely hour to hour and a half package. Maybe longer than that. We'll see. So we've got that. What else do we have coming down the pipe, Paul?
2: We have PJ Oakland, prolific audiobook narrator. Also a child actor, by the way, of on-screen and on-camera and voiceover, and also a voiceover coach and founder of Dr. Dialect. So look forward to that as well.
1: Yeah, very cool. I mean, one of the few polyglots we've had on the podcast. I'm really excited about that. But until then, thanks for listening. You'll hear from us in the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your
2: comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at The V-O-Meter.